Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Melillo, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. In addition to shining a light on health disparities, medical misinformation, and public health infrastructure, the COVID-19 pandemic has also propelled calls for the transition to value-based care in the United States. To discuss this topic, among others, we sat down with Mara McDermott, the Executive Director of the Value-Based Care Coalition, formerly known as NextGen ACO Coalition. On this episode of Managed Carecast, McDermott discusses the organization's recent rebrand, how its goals align with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation's strategic refresh, and the future of value-based care. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Mara. To begin, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you do? Yeah, my name is Mara McDermott. I am a vice president at McDermott Plus Consulting and the executive director of the Value-Based Care Coalition. And I do a lot of work in the value-based care space, advocating for provider-led accountable care organizations and direct contracting entities, and helping those organizations work with Congress and the administration to pursue policies that support value-based care. Great. And so why did the NextGen ACO choose this time to rebrand as the Value-Based Care Coalition? So our coalition is formed of provider-led entities that are very committed to two-sided risk models and value-based care, the adoption of advanced alternative payment models, and they remain highly committed to those goals. This administration has decided to sunset the next generation accountable care organization model at the end of 2021. So to enable our organization to continue their advocacy and continue their really strong work in Washington, D.C., but embrace the new names of models that they're going to be heading into in the new year, it it felt like it was time for a little bit of a refresh on our name, still a very strong commitment to our mission and our goals. And so that leads into my next question. Has the organization's mission changed at all? And if so, how? Yeah, so our overarching mission, which is to continue to advance advanced alternative payment models, remains the same. We are going to be taking on some new specific policies as we head into 2022. So in that sense, our goals are going to be shifting a little bit, but the overall commitment remains the same. I think the landscape has changed in part because of COVID-19, of course, in part because uh, new administration coming on board. There are some new policy deadlines that are coming up in 2022, such as the expiration of the advanced alternative payment model bonuses that we're gonna be focusing on. So some refreshed policy goals, but an overarching mission that remains the same. So going off of that, do you think the COVID pandemic will or did help spur accelerated change when it comes to transitioning to value-based care? What are your thoughts on that? I do think that the pandemic has accelerated the movement to value-based care, and I'll tell you why I think that is. During the pandemic, many provider practices that are paid on a fee-for-service reimbursement mechanism, right, so they're paid for the services that they offer, When stay-at-home orders swept the country and many patients started to uh, stop going to the doctor's office, um, those practices that are paid by a fee-for-service payment model 
really saw the vulnerability and fragility of that model. So not that it can't be great for some things, but in a global pandemic, the weakness of it was really brought to the fore. And for many organizations that were maybe on the fence about value-based care, right, thinking about getting into a model, but not totally sure they wanted to go in that, into that direction or partially in that direction, but maybe not all the way, I think COVID-19 really created an accelerant to get those organizations to really double down on their value-based care strategies and to think about what new models might need to be brought forward, what new ways of paying clinicians and paying accountable care organizations, and what new tools could be brought to bear, such as telehealth and other waivers and flexibilities that could further ignite and accelerate the adoption of value-based care models. So we see a lot of promise for the value-based care movement coming out of COVID-19. Obviously also a lot of recovery that needs to happen as we move into 2022 and hopefully um, can get on some more solid footing with regards to the pandemic across the country. But um, really excited for the future of value coming, coming out of hopefully out of this pandemic. And on that note, for the future of value-based care, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation just recently announced a strategic refresh. So how does this rebranding tie into the goals of that refresh? Yeah, so our coalition was very excited to see that strategy refresh come out of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, CMMI, or the Innovation Center. <laughs> it operates under a lot of names, too. Um, you know, a couple of things that really excited us. Number one is the commitment to advancing health equity and whole person care. So our provider-led accountable care organizations and direct contracting entities are likewise fully committed to advancing whole person care, to treating a, a patient's or a person's sort of whole spectrum of needs, helping those patients access resources in the community related to transportation and food. We actually have a pretty excellent series of case studies that I um, we'll share with you that perhaps you can make available to your audience on the different ways that ACOs have innovated to address whole person need during the COVID-19 pandemic. The second area of the strategy that really, you know, sort of, I think, fired up the coalition and, and totally aligned to where we are headed was the emphasis on having all Medicare beneficiaries and most Medicaid beneficiaries in an accountable care relationship by 2030. And we view that as a very exciting proclamation, of course, because we are all committed to those same models, accountable care models that are you know, sort of aligned to a primary care physician, building on that accountable care infrastructure, creating those new partnerships and communities that we talked about a little bit before. Um, so lots of, lots of good alignment there. The third thing that I'll say about the strategy and my last one is the commitment to partnerships. And that's something that our coalition members really value too, is that strong back and forth with the federal government, with the CMS Innovation Center, the ability to exchange ideas, to troubleshoot, to talk about what's working, what's not working, to expand the growth, the you know, sort of outer ring of accountable care, to bring in new types of entities and new partners and new organizations and really um, you know, make it a value-based care movement. And so those are some things about the strategy that we saw that fully aligned to our vision and have us really excited about 2022 and the rebrand of this coalition. I see. So looking forward, what does the organization hope to achieve within say the next five years? Yeah, so I think I will, I'll start with year one, our big, our big goal, and we're certainly not alone in this. We work with many other association and coalition partners 
would be an extension of the advanced alternative payment model bonuses. So um, diving into the Washington DC acronym SOUP, you'll remember several years ago, Congress passed on a very bipartisan basis, the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act or MACRA. That law included a 5% bonus for um, clinicians participating in advanced alternative payment models. That bonus expires at the end of this year, so or at the end of 2022. So 2022 would be the last year um, that the, your performance counts for that bonus. The bonus in a very confusing way was paid in 2024, but the work is done in 2022. We're looking to extend that bonus out um, for several more years to continue to encourage adoption of advanced alternative payment models. Beyond that, in terms of our goals, we are looking for additional ways for organizations to participate in advanced accountable care models. That could be a you know, direct contracting entity, a two-sided risk Medicare shared savings program entity. And we are continuing to look at ways to expand attribution. So to expand patient populations that participate in those models, expand the types of clinicians that participate in those models, um, simplify and refine those models to make it you know, sort of easier for providers to participate and, and more favorable to do so. Um, and we're looking for ways, I think, to continue to accelerate the value movement. And those, those, all of that work continues. The nitty gritty work of regulatory reform through the physician fee schedule, for example, and then larger overarching work um, in the legislative process around Medicare payment reform. So we got, we've got some busy times ahead of us. Well, those are all the questions I had prepared, but is there anything we didn't touch on you'd like to include, or do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, so I will just add one other thing, which is that our coalition and a number of other coalitions are coming together in support of Value Week. It's going to be a week to really celebrate the progress that value-based care has made. The week is January 24th to 28th, 2022. I would encourage any of your listeners who want to get involved with that to check out our website. It's hcvalueweek.org. There they'll find the contact information they need to submit their logo if they want to participate, to learn more about the event, and to really jump into promoting the value-based care movement and all of its successes around advancing health equity, um, containing costs, taking a little bit of a closer look at that strategy document that we talked about. So lots of opportunities to engage with that. And then I would just close by saying thanks so much for having me and, and anybody who wants to get involved um, with the Value-Based Care Coalition can reach out to me through my LinkedIn is probably the best way to do that. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. It's been fun. Great. Thank you so much. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.